All right, welcome to another uh, very special episode of Inappropriate Earl. You know, this podcast was done so I could expose the world to things that I'm a fan of. A couple months ago, I had my favorite singer of all time, the great Stephen Piercy, the voice of Rat, Arcade, Vicious Delight, Vertex, many bands on this couch today. I've got my favorite drummer of all time sitting just where Stephen Piercy sat. You know him from Cinderella, Arcade, scores movies, got some acting gigs to his credit, even has a good Vinnie Vincent story. So please put your hands together for Mr. Fred Corey. Hello. Fred, thank you very much for coming down. Thank you very much. It's my bucket list, as I told you. Amazing. Thank you. To interview all five members of Arcade. That's a good bucket list item. I, I'm trying to get Frankie, but who knows where he is. It might be easier to, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Something else on that bucket list. He saved my life one night. I was uh, at the Key Club when Bruce Kulick got shot. And uh, I stopped to talk to Frankie, or else I would have been out there with Bruce. So I owe Frankie, wherever you are, Frankie, come on down. We'll talk about it. We'll find him. Now, your history in music is speaks for itself. As you can see, I've got This Is Your Life in front of you. Every Almost every CD. Is that every CD you've worked on? Except yeah, uh, I think we we'll have get a rid few, of this one. I think we have a few. There's one thing on there. Um, oh. There's a, I, There are a few live records, I think. But these are the, the real ones. I mean, there's some bootlegs. Well, well I don't uh, deal in bootlegs. Yeah. Um, this, is, this, is, uh, this is There's a few, few others. A couple, uh, couple of other bands. Sam Kinison. A wild thing? Did you drum on that? No, I played on the record, though. We did a... Slash and CC and maybe Jimmy Bean right. from Dio. Dio, you know, bass player. Of course. Uh, and Sam. Um, what about D Martini? Was he in on the mix? He wasn't on that one. That was just Slash and CC, which was amazing because at that time, you know, there was a, some sort of feud. Right. And I just think that was like my, you know, our band can't hang out with your band type of thing. But at there, everybody's all over that now. Well, Cinderella never had uh, band feuds, did they? I mean, you guys seem no, to... No, we kind of stayed out of the way of all that. We were the party-pooping band, and, and we kind of, you know, the whole Poison thing was just based on their look, which was really one way, and Guns N' Roses was a different thing. And I just think people... Metallica was like that. You know, people... The kind of everybody stayed away from... But they're they're all everybody's friends now. and Right. And I think the fans put more of that, you know, what, what that's so-and-so hanging out with so-and-so, that's weird. So I don't think it was really the bands themselves. I think it was just the fans that didn't expect Lars to be hanging out with you know, right. whoever. But your guys' look was kind of in, in between. I mean, you weren't total. I mean, maybe on uh, Night Songs, you know, you guys were a little... It's ridiculous. Glammier than... Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I would have had sex with all four of you guys, <laughs> figuring you guys were chicks, of course. And then, you know, as the uh, Long Cold Winter, you, like, maybe a little less, and then by Heartbreak Station. I think Long Cold Winter, we were over it. Right. We just went to Leather and, and you know, went for that cut. Well, we weren't really, you know, zebra, you know, knee-high zebra cowboy boots isn't really getting over it. But uh, It's good in between. Yeah, I mean, Tom's in jeans, and that was, no one was in jeans back then. Right. Everybody was still in. in Unless you were Tesla. Unless you were Tesla, right, exactly. But they didn't have the fun of putting on this these silly clothes and blowing a hundred grand on 
silly looking fake leather. Yeah, but you, you know, guys. We had the joy in looking at those bills and saying, what have I done? I mean, was there a video you guys did that you look back now and go, maybe that was a little too much? Oh, gosh, no. No, I think they were all perfect for the time. Like your uh, video for Shelter Me. It was, I mean, it's Little Richard. Little Richard? That's Pam Anderson, too. Oh, right. That's Pam Anderson before she she uh, got when, all the work done. And uh, Dweezil Zappa. Dweezil Zappa, uh, Shelley Long. Shelley Duvall. Oh, Shelley Duvall. Oh, I thought they were both in it. Who let's, knows? Let's say they are. Uh, it's Who's the one from uh, The Shining? That's Shelley, Shelley Duvall. It was Shelley Duvall. Um, now, who got her into that? I've always wondered. She didn't really seem to... Uh... She was a friend of our director. Okay. That's but all good. He was so great. He was our favorite director. Uh, he was crazy. You know, for, like at the end of that video shoot, he all, he bought us all velvet slippers from Maxfield. That's just a gift. Right. Like nobody ever gave back. He he was just so cool, and he did the artsiest. That's you know that's my favorite video. Um, I have two favorites, that one and The More Things Change because I always wanted Wayne Isham right. to do a video because I was such a fan and yeah. he finally did one. And during that video, every shot of me, I'm wearing a King's jersey, every shot of me, I have this ridiculous look on my face because we were playing, I think we were playing, I don't know where we were. We might have been in Vancouver. We might have been in Detroit. We were playing someplace and the Kings were playing Vancouver in a playoff game. Was deep in the playoffs, right? And I wanted to watch this game, but I couldn't. So every time they came up on stage with the cameras, they had a gigantic <laughs> cue card showing the score and who's oh, winning. Wow. So every shot of me is a reaction to the score. And I, Kings were winning; they won that game. But um, that's my second favorite video. No, what got you so into hockey? I grew up in New York. So I had to be a hockey player. And you know, I flooded the tennis court at the end of our street. And, and uh, I, I just, I wanted to be a hockey. I, that's where it all started. I wanted to be a hockey player. My mom bought my way onto the team, the high school team. It's all right. Um, and uh, I was just, you know, I, I've always either got it or you don't. That's been my mantra from day one for whatever it is. If you're a, you know, if you're a gardener or if you're a cable ins installer or if you're a drummer or an actor or a singer, whatever it is, you're born with it. Right. Or you're not. And I uh, I didn't have it. I wasn't a good player. I scored one goal, and that was against us. Uh, Still counts. My mom was standing up, clapping. like I just scored the game-winning Stanley Cup goal, but I kind of put it – by our goalie. Right, that's all good. <laughs> but, uh, and that's it. And, and you know, I went to hockey. She sent me to hockey camps. Always a huge supporter. Whatever you want to do, you have to do it wholeheartedly and you have to, um, you got to chase it. That's all you do going after. Right. So I went to New England, Kentucky, New England, New Hampshire, the New England hockey camp for weeks. Didn't do anything. And they took me to Toronto to uh, Skate's Edge Hockey School. Oh, so much work. Uh, 
And I was no good there. But then that's where I saw the Who at CNE Stadium and my life changed. Right. So, but that's what got me into hockey. You know, Phil Esposito and all those guys, you know, the Rangers were my team growing up there. And and back then in New York, you go to a grocery store and there was hockey trading cards everywhere. And they would give you, you know, back then you would get an encyclopedia every time you went or right. something. They also had hockey books for kids that you would get to, for anybody, really. And every week you go, you get a new trading card to put in this book. You stick them into the book. And at the end of, you know, however long, you have, you know, every player on every team. And, and it's just a little collectible thing. And I think that's what really got me into hockey. Now, this is the late 70s or? Uh, yeah, late 70s. Because that's when the Rangers were good. Mm-hmm. And they kind of hit a couple yeah, decades. That the, and that's the only team I really knew, the Rangers. Right. And, uh, Jed Esposito, Ron Duguay. Ron Duguay, Barry yeah. Beck. Yeah. Who was like my favorite. Who else was around then, I remember. Uh, Eddie Johnstone. John Davidson, goalie. Yeah. Jockerman before him. Who else were? There was a... Uh, Anders Hedberg. A couple of French guys that were playing in the league too. <laughs> you know, all the stars back then, you know, you just kind of gravitate towards those those guys. But, yeah, it was pretty awesome growing up at so that you time. See, you see the who? It's like, I want to be Keith Moon. No, it wasn't. It was Keith, Kenny Jones. It was the who, Hart, and Jay Gauss. My dad just died a few, a uh, couple years before that. And a few years before that, when uh, my mom and I would always... She would always take me on these I kind wanted of to extravagant music I had a set player. I had a so uh, we went to visit Royster my Cup uncle, <laughs> and I had the Who that my cousins kind of turned me on to. Classically trained, so I was right. eased into. Um, my mom called downstairs and said, "Is there anything? Do you have any sort of cassette players?" So they brought up a stereo system, you know, and just brought it up, and I put on the tape and and uh, I think and it had a radio and then there was a station called Chum FM and the radio was playing and announced a Who concert and I was like well they only have a couple of cassettes and this is one of them right so I said I wanted to go and my mom said absolutely not stadium I was 13 I was 12 something like that and uh, my uncle said you absolutely will take him he needs to grow up and we're going to drop you off here we're going to pick you up here and go in and have a good time and told my mom you need to trust him to, to go and do his thing so i did and i and i they got me a ticket and i excuse me pardon me and i got on the floor of the stadium and i ended up on in the eighth row standing on a cable run i didn't know what it was it was a step <laughs> so i was as tall as anyone else and i remember watching the who my heart was amazing jay giles were amazing and I knew those bands and the Who I'd never seen. And uh, I remember Sister Disco was the song because I remember what the lights were doing. A big fan of lighting shows. And uh, I am now. I guess that's where I started. And it was nothing. It was six park hands. They were kind of fanned out and they were just spinning. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this. this is amazing. And I came home that night and I said, Mom, I want to be a rock star. Well, what about hockey? No, I want to be a rock star. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's nice. Okay. And uh, I'm going to grow my hair. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to get an earring. Oh, okay. That's fine. And I'm going to play that stadium. 
And five years later, I played that stadium. Wow. So I just, she said, if that's what you're going to do, you're going to, you know, break your back doing it. And I did practice, 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 and focus, and a lot of prayer. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. It's all got nothing to do with me. It's all prayer. Um, and faith. And, and I think that's where, how I know what works and what doesn't sometimes. And sometimes you don't know which, which way you're going to be. And you never know where you're going to go. You just trust and you, you follow it. Is that how you got through the, like the struggle of, you know, like before Cinderella became big? I mean, I'm sure you guys were doing bar shows. And, oh, there was no struggle in that band. I joined it and four months later we're touring with David Lee Roth. Oh, wow. I stepped into a, the most amazing, the, the, what I'm saying is my, you know, just being plucked out of something. Right. You know, I, I was up for, you know, a couple of people were looking for drummers, E.G. Daly. Oh, wow. Um, and she had a big hit. Yeah. Uh, and Greg Raleigh. And this guy, uh, Mike Varney, was going to put me in both of those bands. He said, I had an Eric Singer from Kiss, who was in Lita Ford or Sabbath at the time. Um, I called him and he said, I had met him prior. And he said, there's this band, Cinderella, looking for a drummer. And uh, I was like, uh, I really don't want to play with a bunch of girls. No, no girls. I said, what a ridiculous name. What? He said, just listen to him before you right. judge it. And then I heard it. And they called Karen Dumont, um, the record company. I think it was Polygram. Of course it was. And uh, she sent me a demo, and I flipped out. And it was amazing. But I had already had in Circus Magazine that I was a drummer for Ozzy. So I got to use that as my, oh, wow. my uh, kind of in. And... You know, Bobby Blot, everybody knows Bobby Blotzer. Oh, who doesn't? He's he's my favorite drummer. Really? Oh yeah, gosh, yeah. I just love his playing style. One of my favorites. But I think he's one of the only guys that you can just listen to him play. He's got his own style. Right. Neil Peart has his own style. Um but when you hear Blotzer play, you see Blotzer play. He's got his own thing. And it's different than Vinny Apice can also hear he has his own stuff for rock guys but um uh they asked me who i like and i said oh, i love bobby blotzer and i didn't know bobby at the time right. of course and they were like oh good enough with us killer so then i got the audition blah, blah, blah. but um yeah that's that's how it happened and, and so i went and auditioned and then i got the gig a few months later, a couple months later. Do you remember what songs you played at the audition? Uh, I played the, they gave me the whole Night Songs demos, every song on the record. And they gave me a week to learn four songs. And I called them the next day and I said, I have it done. They go, oh, you learned four songs in a day? Didn't believe me. I said, no, I learned 10 songs in a day. Uh, and I, cause I charted it. Cause I'm a violinist. I read music. Right. You started off as a violinist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since I was five. So I charted it out and if it's been recorded, you can emulate it exactly. Right. You should be able to. Because uh, it's there. It's, you know, it's just like copying words. So I did it. And uh, I got the gig. Um, and then we, we were playing the Galaxy. I think it was only four months. But our record came out soon thereafter. And in six weeks, we were gold. Um, 
And then we were right away. And just, man, you got a lot of, I'm going to give you a stack of Cinderella bootleg. Oh, please, dude. Those are, uh, for those of you, well, this isn't video. Of course, Fred is looking at my hockey fight tape collection. Yeah. Uh, a few uh, rock and roll. Uh, I think I have a long, cold winter video. Uh, you guys did. Uh, I'll give you them all because they're just sitting in storage. And you're the only guy left in the country with a VHS player, so. Well, my cell phone is actually rotary, so, you know, I'm old school. Yeah, it's perfect. And then the the videos blew you guys up beyond belief. I mean, you guys. Yeah, MTV, they. I mean, they made years. bands. They it, made bands. I mean, but we made them. Oh, absolutely. Too. You know, that, that was the thing. It's MTV was music television, and it was all videos. It's like Palladia now. Palladia is killer. Right. You know, best music channel on television. MTV, you know, it's MTV has become just showing people with struggles having a tough time. And it that's all their programming is. It's I don't I won't watch it. And it's There's no music. It, it, well, it's exploiting screwed up people, you know, and fights and arguments and it's a horrible thing. You know, it's like, gosh. We, you know, I don't want to watch that. I mean, it's reality TV. It's costs yeah. nothing to make, and yeah, and it's you know, hey, it's a business, right? Right. That's that's, that's cool. Uh, VH1 is still doing a lot of music, I guess. Yeah, Metal Mania. You guys are well represented. That's what I hear. You know, I don't, I don't watch much of. I'm just, I'm always working, so you're too busy. I don't. I'm, yeah, thank goodness. But uh, yeah, music television used to be music television and they just put us in rotation and you couldn't turn on the tv without seeing us which was awesome yeah I mean, uh, but you know the market wasn't saturated like it is now there are so many artists out there now you know everybody's doing a you have a world-class studio right here uh you could do whatever you wanted out of this place you know so um well, I figured whatever it is gets old you know just watching those music that would have gotten old so they're changing it up and i'm sure they'll change it up again and they'll they'll change their programming and i'm sure they're going to have some legitimate shows on there that are you know i'm sure their shows are hits well, they should get back to their music roots or at least just do well mtv2 started out that way is there still an mtv2 uh, you know, I think, the, uh, you know, who knows? I don't know. I don't, uh, if there is, uh, they don't publicize it. I did a thing on MTV too. It was called Video Mods. And it was hit songs with these, um, they did motion capture. And so all these different like video game characters right. together as a band. And I played most of those characters. Oh, really? Yeah, they put those, you know, the sensors all over me. And that was really kind of cool. That was kind of my first introduction into MTV2. It became one of those mods. Well, kind of neat, yeah. Kind of like they do for the video games to get the realism for yeah. sports. Yeah, uh, it was really kind of neat, you know, put on this whole uh, spandex suit, which I'm not, you know. You've done un that before. Unfamiliar with, yeah. So, and you just, you know, strike rock poses and i played all of the characters a lot of fun that was a lot of fun now do you still have any of those spandex outfits yeah they're at my mom's house uh, i think we sold the our first the first album to the hard rock there somewhere I mean, um, 
but we have most of the stuff. And it's just in storage. It sits there. Those were some spectacular outfits. Yeah, they they were. <laughs> now, about eighty-seven, you. I don't think a lot of people know this that you were somewhat in Guns N' Roses for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when Steven was on a sabbatical. He was on a sabbatical. Yes. I mean, no, what was that like? It was amazing. Wow. I mean, you get a call saying, "Hey, can you fill in for Steve?" Yeah, uh, I knew, I knew Doug Goldstein. He was the bodyguard and security for David Lee Roth. Um, what a gig that must have been. Yeah, I mean, he was surrounded by fans. Right. He was, he was always so nice to me. So so nice. I got invited to every party. Just it was amazing. I mean, one of my you know heroes was Diamond Dave. And one time I actually saw him as David Roth, just a guy. Right. He was painting, and he just became, for a fleeting moment, just got really deep about everything, you know, life and painting and what painting did for him and what art meant to him and blah, blah, blah. And then somebody knocked on the door and turned back into this guy. Right. He turned into that, you know, and, uh-huh. and that was it. Never saw that that Dave Roth again. But when's the last time you've seen him? I haven't seen him in years. I haven't seen him in years. But I just watched a thing that he did the Foo Fighters the other night. That was quite a show. Paul yeah. Stanley, yeah. Uh, Alice you know, Cooper, yeah, uh, the Slash, Lemmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the Who's Who. Yeah, I mean, did Cinderella ever? Uh, what's like the? I know I've seen a. Uh, I think a bon- thing with you guys, Bon Jovi, Britney Fox. I think maybe some members of Rad. I think Japan somewhere. Oh, that was uh, yeah. We tried to do a jam every night when we could. That was Bon Jovi's thing. We did that on Long Cold Winter Tour too. But John was always into that. So it was us. That was Japan. It was Skid Row, but I I don't know if Sebastian was on stage. I don't think so. I think it was uh, Lenny Wolf Wolf. What? Lenny Wolf from Kingdom Come. I never heard of Led Zeppelin before. It's like, what? Yeah, I never heard of them. And then he came back and he said, maybe the next Led Zeppelin record should be called Houses of the Bitter because they were made. They were right. angry that, uh, uh, that, um, that they sounded so much like, oh, well, hello, little doggy. Well, uh, for those of you not seen, Fred is uh, petting my dog Lois. Oh, Lois! Who is uh, striking a pose like uh, I don't know, Tony Katane in one of the White Snake videos? <laughs> who's also been on this couch, Fred? I mean, oh, that's fantastic! Now you uh, were also you're a man of many weird, not weird, but uh, eclectic gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were also in Rat Unplugged. I was. I did that Rat Unplugged. That was at the David Letterman studio the ed sullivan studio and how did that uh it must have been fun for you being a fan of blotzers it was cold, to... it was cold i remember that i was yeah i was in new york they were in new york and uh steven and bobby said hey you want to come up and play michael shanker's playing guitar I said heck yeah i'll grab some congas right killer so i came up and played born on the bayou any rehearsal you just went right in i yeah, mean you probably didn't need to right rehearse well, i don't know how to play congas anyway so it wouldn't have Made a difference. Right. That might have been the last time Stephen and Bobby got along. I think so. Uh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, how is it that, you know, those guys seem to have, uh, you know, their issues, but, you, you know, Cinderella's never really had, I mean, I'm sure you've had some internal whatever. Yeah, but we've had rifts, uh, but like any family, you know, brothers sure. argue and you got four artists in a, four artists in a tube right. for 30 years. Of course, you're going to have, this guy's going to want to go this way and this guy's going to want to go that way. I think all of that is healthy. Right. Unless it gets out of control. I think if you put substance uh, in there, that probably spirals it out of control. We never had that issue, that problem, so we don't have to worry about that. Right. Um, so ours was more of a healthy type of... Like brothers. Uh, except, like brothers. I mean, I was out of the band once, you know, and I hate Steven. I just got canned. But it was a weird time because Cece had just been fired. Right. Jeff Cease from the, the Black Crows had just been fired. Vince Neil had just been fired. I mean, everybody got fired like within the same couple of weeks. I think Steve Stevens was, uh, I don't know if he left or got fired. But yeah, either way. I mean, we're all out of our bands. Would have been a hell of a band. Would have been a great band. So I called Steven and I said, hey, I just got canned. I was crying. Really? Oh, yeah. Because that's like... It came off of millions of records and... and uh, you know, it was a dream come true. And he uh, he said, hang on a second. And he he uh, hung up the phone. He called me 15 minutes later and he said, let's do this. Let's do this arcade thing. And uh, I said, what do you mean? He goes, I just quit rat. All right, let's do it. So a month later, we had a deal on Epic Sony and we did a killer record. I, lo I mean, I love that. I mean, I love the second record. Yeah. But I mean, the, the first, first record. The first one was the one. I mean, it seemed like that could have been, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, and I probably am, that could have been a, either a good Rat or Cinderella record. Yeah, it was It was a perfect blend of both bands. Um, so, oh, bless you, doggy. <laughs> um, and that that was it. I mean, we, we, uh, we did that record on tour with Bon Jovi. I was there. It was great. The forum. I was at Arcade's first show at the Troubadour. <laughs> that was a bad one. Well, I just remember, and I hope I... I oh, you remember Stephen? what Stephen said to that girl. I, that was... Uh, oh, that was tough. And he, Gene Simmons was standing there next to someone I knew and said, oh, no, no, don't say it. No, no. Oh, he said it. it Everybody was, was there. Every band was there. Motley... It was packed. It was packed. And that was a great show. And it was the week before we started the arena tour. And he got a David Lee Roth-ism a little bit wrong. And what? he said, can we pause for a second? Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is, with this technology, we can pause for a second. Hold on. Let me just speak. So the arcade album's great, you know. Awesome, both albums. I think there was a live album too, uh, but uh, I definitely remember that Stephen moment at the Troubadour. I, I think it was you. Quote me if I'm wrong. Uh, something about uh, he wouldn't do something with a girl because she was too ugly or something. Uh, no, no, no. I think a girl was heckling him. She was heckling him, and he engaged her. Which, you know, we we man, we didn't like that. You know, uh, which Stephen engaging her or the heckling? Yeah, which just when he engaged a fan, 
You That's know, dangerous. People are going to, well, yeah, they just, it's dangerous, number one. Number two, uh, you know, some some fans, you, you go to England, every fan flips you off. Right. They love it. You know, they're just, so she was saying something to him or whatever. You know, David Lee Roth says, you know, before the show, I did something with your girlfriend. <laughs> well, he did the same he didn't get it quite right. Right. So he said something else. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's how stories that, uh, it's great. I mean, it made for a, a moment that will never be forgotten. I mean, that's, you know, I'm not going to say what he said, but right. No, hilarious. we, I think we get the point. And, and, and Frankie and I, you know, Frankie and I were the closest in that band. Donnie, Donnie Syracuse, the guitar player came from, a band that used to open for Cinderella in the bar circuit when we played those few months. Right. And they had known Donnie forever. Uh, and I brought him out here and, and canceled his flight on him the day that he was supposed to go home. And I wasn't taking no for an answer. Basically, when he came out here to audition for the band, he already had the gig. Right. And I wasn't going to let him not have the gig. So it was back in the days when you could call up the airline and say, hi, uh, it's, you know, I'd like to cancel my flight. He canceled, and I canceled this flight. He said, I got to go back this morning. I said, nah, go back to sleep, buddy. You're in the band. I got to talk. I got a band back there. I said, well, you're going to have to call him and tell him you quit uh, or tell him you're going on vacation because you're in this band now. And so uh, oh, I can't do that. And he never went home. He was out, <laughs> wow. stayed out here. We recorded the record wrote the record and uh uh you know the rest is history he got to tour the world a couple times and With now bon he's a huge yeah he's a big um he's a big restaurateur in uh in philadelphia oh wow he's, i think one of the best uh was it a cajun place right um in westchester called uh high street cafe so all you uh rock and rollers back east Support a member of Arcade. Yes. So God, he can so he can fly out here to do inappropriate Earl. Exactly, and he will. Now, speaking of Steel Panther, Poor guy has has a a member of a band that they emulate or pay tribute to. Do you get? Do you think what they do is? Do you like that, or are you? You see it as them clowning? No, I think they do it. Gosh, they do it better than some of the original bands who did it. Um. And now I don't think they do any covers. I think it's all original. And they just, they, they're just so, I don't see that as an insult at all. I think they found, good for Ralph. Right. Oh, because the, he, that that's another guy that, you know, did not take no for an answer. You know, you're getting in this band. Okay, they're not going to go. Got in this band. No, they're not going to go. Got in this band. Well, they were going and they're not going. And he's like, I'm, you know, just, full steam ahead, head down and, and move forward. And he did. And he found this great little pocket That's awesome. for himself that, you know, first of all, they were the world's greatest cover band. And then they were so hilarious. It was so well done. They sounded great in the way that where they went. And it was all, they were as pro as any other right. pro band. And then they got a deal, which everybody went, what? And they put out a, a couple of records now sound fantastic they're funny and uh you know they're selling out huge places in europe 
the they're here they're quite successful but over on that side uh in europe they're superstars yeah that's crazy yeah, good for them i think that's terrific and i think yeah. they're opening up now for judas priest which yeah. a lot yeah. of people were like kind of a little weirded out about but seems to be I going it's well great i think it's great now yeah. speaking of uh, weird it's just par- music for crying out loud yeah it's all music because when you go to a concert you go to just forget about your uh you know problems or whatever you have in life and yeah go out to have a good time you know music to me going to a concert you you if you know the band it's it's not even about the band or what members are up there playing you know it's the songs and you want to remember you you remember if i play a song now you know whatever it is someone's knocking at the door uh you'll remember the last time you heard that right. or the first time you heard that you'll remember, Oh man, I was like 12 and I heard that and I was doing this or I was doing that. And so it takes you back to that time, which is amazing. That's what music does. You just hear it and it takes you back to that moment. So it's not, who cares? You know? I mean, every time I hear, don't know what you got till it's gone. I think of Maritza who broke up with me. Like, Oh man! Well, at least it's a good feeling. No, well, maybe. Well, I kind of liked her at the time, but Ooh, uh, yeah, it's tough. But that that song is just—if you really listen to the words—it's just wow. wow. It really yeah. sums it up. Like it really does. You really don't know what you. It's funny about. when you hear songs like that. You're like, how come that wasn't written ten years earlier, fifty years earlier? Right. You know, it just—it's so. Oh yeah, it's so obvious. It's like, oh gosh, yeah, it's so perfect. That's what makes Tom great. I think he's so great. I think his new record. I loved it. It's amazing. And he was on, uh, I thought it was really cool, David Letterman. uh, Yeah. You know, uh, let him perform a song. uh, So cool. Life Goes On. Yeah. Uh, And I wish more uh, guys like Letterman uh, would let bands from your era throw them more bones because it's, I don't get the music today. Well. uh, Do you? I do. I mean, I do. I like everything. You know, I love Iggy Azalea. I think she's great. Uh, I love, I mean, I don't know if Kesha's really done anything lately, but I loved what she did. Um, I find most of the bands these days are one hit wonders, but they're smash hits. They're right. huge. Like, like uh, what's that band that um, they're from South Africa? And then they grew up in, um, and they, they, I think they, they, they're from Phoenix now. Congos, the Congos. Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with their body you, of you work. You know their, their song. It's on every movie trailer. It's in every movie. Um, but it, it's one hit. You can't follow that up because it's, we're back to a singles market, which is back like the fifties and sixties. So it's about the song. So one song blows up. You can't follow that up. Some people can, but Bruno Mars is amazing. Uh, he's bringing back the funk. Right. Um, and I like a lot of the new rock. Uh, I think it's really good. I can't distinguish between a lot of the bands. I can tell, you know, everybody hates Nickelback, but. I kind of like them. I love them. They're the new Def Leppard. They've taken off. They've taken over. We're Def Leppard. Uh, left off. They used Mutt Lang. They used, you know, 
everybody that Def Leppard did, they write formula. They write, you can totally listen to, to Chad's voice. It's a great voice. And, you know, they're just pop superstars. Uh, signed the biggest 360 deal, I think, in history so far. Right. And, you know, how do you argue with that? I don't know why people don't like them so much. I have no idea. Just as many people hate them as love them. I personally think they're great. Um, there are a lot of new bands out that I love, and I love all kinds of music, dance and R&B. And it's all it's music. It's right. all artistry. So when anybody say music isn't good, you know, or today's music sucks, or it's all great. I just want to hear a Desmond Child pop single. That's all I want. I'm sure there are a lot of Desmond Child pop singles still. You know, there's a lot of uh, Diane Warren stuff still right. being played by all these new artists. I'm sure there are a lot of Desmond. I think there are. Now, you guys never really used outside writers. Uh, like, no. I mean, was there ever uh, pressure from the record company? I know on... Uh, Rats no. album detonator. It was hey, get Desmond Child to come in, write write some. No, Tom is the guy. You know, he was writing arcade. We had Jim Valance. Oh, it's uh, Brian Adams. He, my favorite artist. I have two favorite artists: Brian Adams and Billy Joel. Oh well, it can't go two. wrong. Yeah, and um, and so we brought him in because I'm not afraid to do what it takes. That's my right. goal. I mean, was the feeling for Arcade, like, I mean, the grunge hadn't uh, completely uh, come on yet. Was it, let, let's try and uh, obviously get a hit record, but let's try and make radio-friendly stuff? Oh, yeah. I'm all about, I've always been about radio-friendly stuff. I love pop. Right. I'm a pop fan sure, as sure. well. So, uh, yeah, I'm a pop fanatic. I've always been. So that's what we wanted in Arcade. I wanted to pop in. I heard Cry No More the other day on the radio. Such a good song. Gosh, I don't think I've ever heard that in, you know, in years on the radio. Now, let me ask you this. It seemed a second. I know you got to go, but I just cover a few uh, topics that I must. Uh, seemed like the second album was a little uh, edgier. Like, was that because of the musical climate? Uh, yeah, Stephen really wanted to push for the heavier stuff. Um, Did you want it to sound more like the first? Yeah, uh, I wanted pop. I wanted to go more in a that you know i wanted a long radio career right and he loves priest and he loves the heavy heavy stuff so and of course i do too but uh you want to get radio play i don't hear priest on the radio so um i wanted i i would rather go a brian adams direction right um but being the diplomat that i am I said, yeah, let's let's go for it and let's try to pop up these heavy songs. And it, they never really got some really heavy ones on there. But um, it's to me the first record was the one. Oh so yeah, it was just not being. I got uh, nothing to lose. It was like an MTV a lot. That was it. Yeah, that was another cool video. So like and it was. Yeah. It seemed like they were still support. MTV was still supporting you guys. And they were. Uh, MTV was great until they just completely shut it down um but you know i don't i don't blame the 80s on grunge right you know the 80s music going away on grunge i blame it on us i will put it out there because we all did records that were a little bit different you know right. heartbreak station was different but 
Cinderella always wanted, we wanted to progress. We didn't want to do the same old thing over and over. We wanted to grow, which I think that's the perfect record that we did grow. Right. The fans were like, wait a minute, this is a different sound. Rat put out, who knows what they put out, but it wasn't. It was, uh, let me see. Well, that that might have been, a lot of people think the album that kind of like was when they brought in Desmond Child and and he wrote. Yeah, it was uh, different. It was different. And I think Robin was uh, maybe uh, having difficulties at that time. Yeah, so, so that was a tough time for them. Uh, Warrant, who to me were on their way to be Journey, you know, they were, oh, they were awesome, the unbelievable. They put out a metal record, it was very heavy, really good, but it wasn't, you know, the ballady, right? Heaven, pop things, type. right? Um, Winger put out Pull, great album, but not great record, but it wasn't, you know. Wasn't she? I think 17? we always, yeah. I think everybody at the same time grew at the same time. Right. Poison put out a blues record. With, with I think Richie Cotson. Richie Cotson's or, or Blues what one of those guys. Right. All great records. All killer Skid Row did Skid Row. Slave did. to the Grind. Yeah, Monkey Business was amazing. One of those oh, yeah. songs. Um but we all put out different records than what our fans was, were used to hearing. I could be completely wrong about all this. Well, you but were I there. Think, I think we all did a little bit of, of uh, I don't want to say alienating, but the 80s fans still want to hear the 80s. The 80s fans still wish it was 87. Yes, I do. Yes. So to give anything other than what you want as a fan, you know, you guys are the customers, basically, you know, if, if this were a different kind of business and I made chocolate cakes and I gave you a raspberry tart because I thought, oh man, this is, edit this crap out. What am I talking about? No, no, Um, no. This is uh, good. (laughs) This is ridiculous. That's the whole point, Fred. Uh, It's ridiculous. But Um, I I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, uh, and I asked Steven this and he, he said uh, grunge didn't kill Rat and, and other bands. We killed ourselves. We killed ourselves. That's that's what I feel. And grunge, these guys just came out raw rock and roll. Like I think in the uh, relatively uh, same time span, you had the Cherry Pie video, which I love. It's just a fun video. Lyrically, that song is so good. I asked Janie about that. Absolutely. Um, I asked him about that, and I never listened to the lyrics of that song. I just thought it was a cool song. And when he told me those lyrics, he read me. He just sat there and told me the whole song and lyrics. And I was like, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so clever. It's just a fun play on words song. But then I think you had uh, Nirvana's uh, Smells Like Teenage Spirit video come out, and it's like, oh, boy, this is... It's not this cherry pie video. No, if it wasn't, if if you just heard that song, you just say this is a killer rock band. Right. It's a killer rock band. Uh, I think just as much as our fashion was goofy, the flannel thing was goofy. What? what a bunch of lumberjacks now. Right. But they just took it the other way, and they went completely stripped down. We we started getting so crazy on production, it, you know, caked in reverb, and and that was the sound of the time. That they just 
stripped it down completely. Well, like the yeah. Shelter Me video was, uh, I mean, I don't know how much that video cost, but that was no cheap video. No, that was hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, just to get Little Richard and, uh, you know, I mean. Yeah, that was, can you believe it? I mean, that was Little great. Richard. But listen, I know it was killer. we're short on time. I, Mike Varney once told me that you were possibly had something to do with Vinnie Vincent. You, you drummed one day in the studio for him, and uh, he was telling you to make love to the drums. I'm, I'm obsessed with Vinnie Vincent. Vinnie Vincent, do you know what song? If you are obsessed with him, do you know what song Deeply. that he wrote for... John Waite. Oh, please, come on. That's okay, a, good. That, now I got to walk the retarded kid to first base. T <laughs> tears. Yeah. Okay. Which was also on Peter Chris's, uh, one of his, uh, I think maybe the first solo album after Kiss. Okay. Because um, yeah, Vincent Cusano, and he wrote. Like basically all of Lick It Up. Yeah. Eight of the 10 songs. Uh, Creatures of the Night. Yes. Um, Which are great. Is this mine? Yes, that is. Fred, I don't mess around. This I'll, is really, this is the quality stuff. This is smart water. This isn't the other brand. But this isn't tap water. When I have the drummer from Cinderella and Arcade here, in addition to a fine uh, music composer of the show Night Shift, at, at the LA King, uh, you'd also uh, do the music, uh, or you did or do? I do, yeah. Seventh year. Nine. So you have a Stanley Cup ring, I'm assuming. I do have a Stanley Cup ring. Or two. Ring. Two Stanley Cup rings. All right, but I see your phone buzzing like a maniac. I know Thank someone's... Thank you for this. Why was this already open? This is like in Caddyshack. Right. And he goes to the water and then the top is already out. <laughs> well, I did it for you. I know you're, uh, you know, you, I'm. think of me as your roadie right now. Tastes like kerosene. Well, I put some extra in it for you. I'm just kidding. The that, pill goes in the person. Wait, you got the Chris Holmes uh, water. Let me switch that out. I'm just kidding. That's the sweetest guy ever. No, no, I, but I must, uh, I mean, how... Is this you? Uh, yes, these all these are, are my trophies? hockey trophies. And Why are we talking about me? me? Oh, my gosh. Well, here's the greatest picture of all time. Me as a blonde with... Uh, that's either Paul Stanley or Stephen Piercy. You make that's the call. That's either Stephen Piercy. That is Stephen. I'm showing Fred a picture of me uh, looking like, uh, I don't know, one of the Backstreet Boys. That's a great picture. Well, I think he was a little, uh, this was uh, Alice. Co oh, thanks, man. Part Stephen Piercy, part uh, Juan Crucier. Yeah, the great bass player from Rat. Yeah, so nice, too. Oh, these guys are such nice guys. I didn't know you were such a huge uh, hockey player. Well, it's just, uh, it's the only thing I do uh, outside of a stand-up comedy and interview, uh, you know, people like you, so. Oh, man, I was going to go to your uh, comedy show that you did. Up at, at the, the comedy, comedy anytime. Show, but I wasn't invited. Um, I do a lot of, they, well, one of the best jokes I do is, uh, you know, I speak about Vinnie Vincent. I talk about him getting kicked out of Kiss three times in two years. And then how on earth, and, and you're in a position where you can tell me this, that uh, Vinnie Vincent can get kicked out of the Vinnie Vincent invasion. I mean, that seems impossible. Yeah, I think didn't uh, somebody get kicked out of Dawkin, named Dawkin once, or one of those bands? Well, that was when there was like three Dawkins. Yeah. There was uh, Dawkin with Dawkin, Doc with George Lynch, but yeah, I must hear of your Vinnie pretty, Vincent experience. Well, he called and left a message on my machine. It was Mike Varney again. Boy, Mike Varney and Billy Sheehan are the reason. Uh, Mike Varney, Billy Sheehan, and Eric Singer are the reason that I'm... On this couch. 
on this couch. Yeah, all those guys. Well, God first and foremost. Oh, and, and you. your parents and, and my mom. Uh, yeah, I got a call on my, I was at home and I got a call on my mom's answering machine. Um, yeah, hey Fred, it's uh, Vinnie Vincent. Oh. And um, I think he had, I don't know if he had a New York accent, but uh, hey, listen, I got your number from Mike Bonney and uh, I'm looking for a drummer and I'm thinking, wow, Vinnie Vincent from Kiss, because I was a huge Kiss fan. Originals or just in general? Just in general. Right. And once I heard Kiss, that was it. You know, the downfall of my uh, violin career. And when a kid brought over one side Detroit Rock City, right. he played Beth. So oh. my mom would go, oh, this is nice. And as soon as my mom left, he flipped it over to the A side. Right. And that was it for me. I was like, oh, my gosh. Changed my life. Um, but... uh. I was like, oh, gosh, this is great. Yeah, listen, I'm going to have some auditions in uh, California. And, um, you know, if you want to come out there and audition, you know, Mike says you're the guy. So so my mom, you know, Flying Tiger, which is like FedEx, all my drums straight out to California. Must have been, who knows, how 20 grand. No, I don't know how much it was, but... Uh, all my drums were out here, and I, I stayed at the Hyatt. You know, go stay at the Hyatt and, uh, you know... We'll uh, work on it. I was there for six weeks at the Hyatt. Charge it on the record company, right? Nah, he stuck me with it. But, oh, yeah. But I didn't, oh, man, I got so many hotel points. Um, but, uh, you know, it's part of it. Investing in your career. So I went out and, and auditioned, and, and I wasn't the guy for it. But uh, he'd stand in front of my drums and have me play, and, and he would just be like, come on, you're not giving it to me. Come on, give it to me. And which was very, very... Uh, surreal just because this is Vinnie Vincent in his red boots I was just like oh my gosh it's Vinnie Vincent and they were recording that record the first record yes and he let me in the studio so I was watching I'll never forget it while he was tracking Boys Are Gonna Rock and he was playing guitar and he was using a metal pick and he was just doing the the chuggy hundreds of them just it's got to be big and that was it it was uh it was big it was big man and and i got it's kind of like the first time i was in the studio with anybody kind of first time i was in a big time studio right and i was like oh man i was young 15 and uh and then i thought uh and then bobby rock got the gig afterwards i was just talking to bobby about this three days ago but uh that's when i kind of knew he was a little off i mean no he a genius seem that to me he didn't seem that he's just a rock star i still couldn't believe it, it was vinnie vincent come pick me up at the hotel take me to take me to rehearsal and i was like what Are you yeah. kidding this is vinnie vincent this is kiss this is the guy from lick it up yeah this is the Guy with whatever that makeup. The Ankh. The Ankh. This is Ankhman. Johnny Ankhman. Uh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's so cool. And, you know, whether I got the gig or not, it didn't matter. I was just able to hang out with this. Well, I think it worked out. To me. I think it worked out perfectly. Well, his legend has almost even grown because he's, it's, he's such a recluse. And... Nobody, yeah, nobody knows where he is now. I don't know what songs he's writing. I'm sure he's writing hits that none of us 
know about. I know Rolling Stone tried to find him, and uh, they they couldn't find him. Yeah, and I think he's in Nashville, Nashville. somewhere. Somebody said he's in Nashville. But well, he, he's a genius writer. I mean, he's a pop writer. Oh, I love. Uh, I mean, just those two Invasion albums. I mean, Robert Fleischman is a, a very, uh, I think, underrated vocalist, and I think not rated. And, yeah, and he's one of the greatest voices of that era. I mean, the high notes that he hits on that first it's the Invasion. Tone of his voice was this cool throaty. Just what a tone! I think what killed him was that back uh, picture on the album uh, where he's got the riding crop and the. Uh, the mullet and never uh, saw the right i don't think i've seen the record i have a cassette oh of course you have it oh of course i have a cassette of i have a demo of those of that record and i have uh a, never hold on here i'm getting uh i'm getting this invasion out well vinny's uh also uh most famous for putting out a box set on uh cassette i was actually yes and i ordered it and uh, the the box that came, but there was nothing in it. Check out that uh, <laughs> picture of. Uh, I'm showing uh, Fred the first Invasion album cover, uh, of which the great Robert Fleischman. He, I think he gave an interview saying he didn't want to look like the other guys. He was a little turned off by uh, the image. You know what's funny? He's the only guy that looks like a dude. Right. On this whole thing, riding crop or not. So that could have been you on that album cover. Oh, gosh. Talk about dodging. You know something? I'm going to let you dodge a bullet. <laughs> because. Uh, Should have let you dodge the hotel bill. Holy tamale. Yeah, look at this. Wow, what a great record. I mean, you know, for that era. You know, and he got on some big tours, but this isn't about Vinny. This is about you got, Fred. You got uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, great. Oh, listen, Fred, whatever you want in this house is yours. Oh, killer. Um, so come home, little doggy. Oh, Lois would love to come home with you. Oh man! So I know you got to go. I I could talk to you for hours, but you you know you're nice enough to come down here. Um, what is uh, any plans with Cinderella right now? Or are you guys? Not that I know of. Uh, Tom is working his record, and he's got to because it is a great record, and people need to go out and see that band. They're so good. They're all my friends from past experiences in uh in nashville and it's a great band and tom's wife is out there savannah and and they have another girl singing background and uh christine i think her name is and uh i've seen them twice now and they're great right and tom is a superstar the guy is a full-on rock star and he's so good and he's a great writer and the band is so good and people just need to go see that band and, and that they need to do that. And then Jeff has a record out. Jeff Labar. Which I just gave you. It's 80s. It's not trying to be anything other than 90. You want to go step in a time machine? I do. That's it. Good there. Yeah. You know, there. It's already programmed for you. Just to hop on in and you're gone. I'm already there. Uh, and what's there. Eric? Uh, is he? Eric has got. Uh, oh, by the way, that's Jeff playing bass, guitar, and singing on everything. And who's on drums? I think uh, Troy Lucetta or some other. I don't know. Some, right, right. Troy Lucetta is on the song that I mixed. Oh, cool. I don't know who's on the other ones. And Eric is in a band with Ricky Rocket and Tracy Guns. Devil City Angels. Devil or... City Angels. I think they're playing here in a couple of weeks in Los Angeles. But because this podcast is going to be timeless they're playing around the country oh, yes this is uh-huh. mm-hmm. this podcast will be out today once i uh take take care of some uh things oh, 
I don't know if you'll be able to get it out in time. Oh, I, Fred, listen, I'm not fucking around. This will be out on Metal Sludge by 4 uh, p.m. And then, you know, when you hopefully retweet it to your large fan base, that's how these number games work. I don't uh, have quite the fan base you do. I don't have a fan base at all. Oh, I don't. I, I think you're you're so bashful. You've got, I mean, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Oh, it's uh, no, I know you're super busy and uh, get tons of requests and, uh, you, you know, I really it helps having someone like you on the podcast to uh, frankly get the numbers up, and you know this will uh, help Daddy out. And uh, at on Twitter, you are at just at Fred Corey at Fred Corey. Any and uh, Forte Music. Do you want to? I mean, can people go to that? And, yeah, they don't need to. No, right. that's just yeah. Let's just... say want to record something. No, I don't do that. Okay, so it's I just do that. yeah. I never, I never really did that. When I was in Nashville, I had a commercial studio. And people could come out and do that. But here, it's just basically sports music and uh, TV music. and Maybe my comedy album when it's, you know. Of course. Give you a couple jerseys as a bonus. Of course. I mean, I'll pay cash. I'm not Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> All right, well. He's awesome. I, I know you're super busy. I, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Uh, follow Fred at Fred Corey on twitter instagram too or no i don't know i don't understand the instagram i couldn't sign up so i i don't yeah so you yeah. don't need it twitter Twitter's just the one. follow fred on twitter he's, he's awesome cinderella arcade uh, you know watch his movies imdb he's got some acting more acting credits than i do oh don't watch the movies no no listen we all start somewhere we all uh, make mistakes so, guys, this has been Inappropriate Earl. You know you know we're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please review us and, and tell him how much you liked Fred. Uh, he's the best, and uh, we hope he comes back for more, like Rat would say. Uh, and we'll see you next week with, well, it won't be someone bigger than Fred, but it'll probably be a comedy friend that you've never heard of. But they all can't be home runs, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you, Fred. Thank you. Thank you.